Hey everyone, and welcome back to In The Know. My name is Megan Palmer, and I will be joining the team for the rest of the semester to help report on the coronavirus pandemic. So you guys, do you guys understand the coronavirus and why we all have to stay inside? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't, maybe we don't want it? to get sick from coronavirus. We don't want everyone to get sick at the same time, because if we get sick at all at the same time, the it's not going to be enough hospital beds. And we want less, we want less people in the hospital, so there's more room for others. For more than a month, Minnesota has been adapting to life amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Many people are now unemployed or working from home, but people who are deemed essential employees are still reporting to work, including many university students. For these students, Life has changed considerably as they navigate increased risk and high-pressure situations on the job. Sam Furterer, a junior studying English, is facing new challenges as a nanny to three young boys. Trying to entertain three children who are two, eight, and ten in the house at the same time has been really difficult because all they want to do is get outside. And so, honestly, when I have them all day, we spend at least half the day out of the house. And now it's been three full weeks of at home all the time which has been really hard for me. Sam is the only person interacting with her nanny family. While the parents are working from home, the kids usually know to leave them alone. The real challenge has been getting the kids to complete their online learning. One of them is a little bit more motivated than the other one, but the other child is just really struggling because he doesn't feel like it's as important. He doesn't get to see his friends. And whenever he posts a video, we have to remind him to be positive. Otherwise, he starts to say, this sucks so bored. My brothers are driving me crazy, like in good 10-year-old fashion. Mental health has become an important topic that Sam discusses with her nanny kids. After more than a month of self-quarantine, the isolation is manifesting as frustration towards a situation they don't fully understand. It's just kind of hard. A lot of times, um, like, I don't have, like, anyone to play with. Ethan kind of annoys me sometimes. Rarely. Rarely. It's it's normal to have conflict when you're at home with someone all the time, right? Sometimes the solution to these problems is just getting out of the house. But leaving the house brings its own anxieties. Um, but as far as leaving the house, yes, it's scary. There's definitely this, like, overarching feeling that when, like, they hop on a park bench that they just might not be as safe anymore because there could be something there. So we're definitely going, like, almost nowhere compared to what we used to do. Senior history major Sean Labor is also continuing to work as a student worker at Pioneer Dining Hall. Hey, could you use a guest white, please? Before the pandemic, Sean was dishing food, swiping U-cards, and cleaning the dining hall for thousands of students. Now, the dining hall feels like a ghost town with extra safety precautions. In that position, I, I wear gloves and I have access to a little jar of hand sanitizer. You're advised to change your gloves and clean your hands off every 15 to 20 minutes. So yeah, sometimes if I feel like I need a mask or like some sort of face protection, then I bring in uh, the neck up that I use for winter. Overall, Sean said he does not feel too preoccupied about his safety because there are so few people using the dining facilities. Those who do come in are good about practicing social distancing. If we had like the normal customer base where there's two or three thousand people coming in every day and there's a couple hundred in the dining hall at any one time, then uh, we really wouldn't be able to do too much against the disease. But now I would say there's 
It's a couple dozen at most in the dining hall at once, and they're all spread out. Um, and and as the greeter, I can confirm that. Well, I count the number of people who are coming in, so I can confirm that it is that attendance at the dining hall is down by I would say about ninety five percent. Due to the sharp decline in students using the dining hall, dining hours have been slashed to ensure that resources are not wasted. This also means that Sean's work hours have been cut in half. So now I work seven hours a week instead of 13. Sean says he's lucky to have parents who pay for his tuition and housing, but he still feels uneasy about the amount of money that's coming in. This catch-22 of weighing the need to work against the increased uncertainty of working is affecting essential employees across the state. Kayla Ryan is an essential employee who is also feeling these effects. The elementary education student is a contract worker for Teachers on Call, an organization that places substitute teachers in schools. Since the start of the pandemic, Kayla has been assigned to a school in the South Metro that is set up for the children of first responders. But now this program is three years old to 12 years old. So we have like a whole mix of kids. It's hard because they try to keep the classroom to 10 people or less. Kayla works with around 60 kids every day. Working with children can bring a whole host of health and safety issues. The pandemic has only heightened the importance of protecting the kids she interacts with. It's really hard to get the kids to like understand the six feet thing where like a three-year-old just wants to come up and hug you or like just sit on your lap or whatever. So it's, it's kind of scary to like try to get them to understand how like important it is and some of them are like personally offended when I'm like you have germs like you have to wash your hands and they're like how rude like they it's really hard for them to understand the importance of it. As a teacher serving a high exposure population Kayla knows she's at a higher risk when she goes to work every day but that will not stop her from showing up. I feel like just like looking around and seeing how many things are shutting down, like my options are dwindling that like if this option was presented to me, like I feel like I need to take it now, make money while I know I can. Whereas like maybe this might even get shut down in the future. So I don't, yeah. And definitely with grad school coming up too, I need money. <laughs> the stress that the pandemic creates, thankfully, does not seem to be affecting her students. I think, yeah, well, I think a lot of kids like don't completely understand it um like that once it's mentioned to them they'll be worried but then I think it goes away like you'll see them like all huddling together um not worrying about like social distancing despite the hardships and uncertainties that the pandemic has brought essential employees and those they care for are still finding silver linings what's your favorite thing that you guys have done so far during stay at home um well playing yeah, and we've been working on a school thing. Playing video games. Yeah. Slime. Oh, making slime and our hands. Yeah, Andrew's hands were blue. Sam's were greenish oh. blue. Oh, oh. Wait, oh. you still have some? Oh yeah. my god, you still have some. What else? That was like five days ago. Okay, what else have you guys been doing? Uh, what have you been doing in the kitchen? We've been baking. Okay. What are some things you guys baked? I baked a carrot cake. I baked a cookie cake. And I also baked an explosion. And here's the rest of the used news. 
University researchers created a 3D structure of COVID-19 that reveals binding sites for possible antibody drug targets. Now, researchers are working with other university de departments in hopes of eventually creating a vaccine and antiviral drug. University of Minnesota President Joan Gable announced in an email to students last week that a commencement ceremony will be held in May via a virtual celebration. An on-campus ceremony will be held in the fall. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of In the Know was reported by Megan Palmer. Produced by me, Natalie Rademacher. Intro music by J.D. Duggan.